This is August 27th, 2020, and uh, I want to talk about uh, some uh, issue that comes up now and then when I'm talking to people. Um, interestingly, it it uh, has come up uh, with two or three people uh, this week after I did my uh, last Tay show on contentment about the uh, how that that over these past six months uh, I've heard from more people who are reporting feelings of contentment and granted these are people privileged in the ways that I mentioned in Tasho more people reporting contentment uh, than uh, distressing states of mind but uh, sure enough, now I've heard from Sangha members and, uh, and I don't know, one or two others who aren't in the Sangha about uh, rough times that they're going through psychologically. And uh, this is natural. Um, we're, 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 we've been exposed in these last few months to uh, so much distressing news, uh, starting with the pandemic, of course, and all the suffering, financial suffering and other suffering from that, uh, but also political news. I hear a lot about that. Um, so it's a, it's, a, it's, it's a time that can be, for sure, bleak, can be perceived as bleak and worrying, Everywhere, it's it's become the water we're swimming in, and naturally, um, we're not immune to it. Any any one of us is not immune to it. Uh, this actually is is a kind of uh, a confirmation of of the of the Dharma, the teaching of no self, that we are not enclosed in. Uh, armor. We're not sealed off from others. Uh, we we receive um, what other people are going through. We 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 absorb. Um, I think there's somewhere where uh, Yasutani Roshi compares human beings to uh, receiving antennas. Each one of us is a receiving antenna, some of us more sensitive than others, uh, but we are, of course, all the time picking up on on news, not just news, but the state of mind of others. We're sopping it up to, to one degree or another, some people more than others. And it's it's almost sure to take a toll. Not everyone is aware of feeling uh, distressed. Uh, I learned many years ago that um, in myself that there can be feelings that we're not feeling. <laughs> we can have states, we could be influenced in ways that we're not aware of. And uh, I just want to... Uh, to acknowledge 
that it's if, if ever there's a time to to feel distressed to, to feel depressed at times <laughs> you can't beat this time these last few months um there have been reports uh, that the coronavirus has unleashed a mental health epidemic of depression and anxiety. Um, and this, uh, I came across an article uh, in the New York Times uh, by a Richard Friedman, a uh, psychiatrist. Uh, the, the name of the article is The Lockdown Making You Depressed or Are You Just Bored? And uh, he makes the point, just to sort of sum it up for a minute, that uh, it may be useful to distinguish between actual depression and boredom, although both can be uh, distressing. He, he he first acknowledges that the pandemic has certainly amped up our stress levels. Um, and there have been, he says, a few a few highly publicized surveys showing that yes, levels of general psychological distress are on the rise. But then he he says I, I worry that calling this a wave of clinically significant depression or anxiety might be premature. And then he says, what if we're just bored out of our minds? He does say that um, many of his patients who've struggled with depression and anxiety uh, have not experienced flare-ups of their psychiatric illnesses over the last few months. But he says they do, however, say that they feel bored and frustrated. He says lots of friends and colleagues, too, say that life has taken on a stultifying quality of sameness. Well, I, I talked in that last Taishou about how, uh, under the best conditions, this, this sameness, uh, this evenness, can be experienced uh, as, a, as a positive thing. Some people can be left feeling uh, calm and level with that sameness. But others, uh, it's, it's not pleasant at all. He says, he warns that these kinds of surveys, these few highly publicized surveys, uh, are really what we're, what we're seeing is uh, snapshots quick snapshots of how we feel during a, over the course of a relatively brief period of time and that they these results need to be corroborated by follow-up studies. So he's not denying that there may be a generalized uh, spike in depression and anxiety, but he's saying, hold on, uh, let's, let's talk about boredom. He says boredom is a normal emotional state that we shouldn't conflate with something as serious as depression. And then he distinguishes, he, he first he defines uh, clinical depression as 
uh, the usual things you'd expect, uh, uh, insomnia, loss of self-esteem, and so forth, and an inability to experience pleasure. And he says, in boredom, however, the capacity for pleasure is totally intact, but it is thwarted by an internal or external obstacle, like being quarantined. And he says, boredom produces none of the other symptoms of depression. Uh, this phrase uh, regarding depression, the inability to experience pleasure, um, I just want to point out that one way to experience more pleasure is to sit every day. It, it Among all the other benefits of, of Zazen, uh, maybe one of the less publicized is that it heightens our experience of of sense pleasures let's be let's be frank here um this is why uh there so often been these reports of people who come out of sashin where of course we're sitting for 10 or 12 or more hours a day and uh, uh end up just raving to the head cook about such and such a casserole or whatever, and they uh, they take the recipe and the next time they come back uh, to sashin or something else, they report to the cook. I don't know what I did wrong. I followed the recipe to the T, but it just didn't taste as amazing as it did during sashin. No, it wouldn't unless you're sitting hours and hours a day. So, just for a moment, why would doing a lot of, doing a lot of sitting heighten our experience of pleasure? Because we're, we're free of, or at least relatively free of thoughts. Our thoughts dull our experience of pleasure. Our thoughts um, gray our experience of pleasure. Thoughts are gray. Thoughts prevent us from a full, fully experiencing anything, which includes pleasure. Get, I'll get back to that more in a little while. And then he, he says himself, if you wanted to design an experiment to bring about boredom, you couldn't do better than the pandemic. That's what I was just saying about uh, depression also. Without distractions, he said, we're, we're left feeling understimulated. Um, this, of course, is why uh, Netflix and other video platforms and maybe video games i think i heard uh have seen such a a rise in popularity so we do have that many people at least have video sources of entertainment to go to but still i guess anything if you do it long enough uh can become boring 
And he says it's this this state of restless desire to do something, anything, uh, that is the essence of boredom. When it, when it, that is when it can't be realized, when it can't be fulfilled. And then he reports on this uh, experiment <laughs> that uh, I've heard from from several other sources uh, about where in which researchers asked a group of people to spend just 15 minutes in a room and and instructed them to entertain themselves with their own thoughts nothing else they're just there in the room for 15 minutes with their own thoughts and they were but they were also given the opportunity to give themselves a negative stimulus in the form of a of a light electric shock and and what they found was that 67% of men found that being alone with their thoughts alone just the thoughts so unpleasant that they chose the electric the little electric shocks rather than nothing at all except their thoughts 67% of men 25% of women it's an interesting difference there that one could speculate about that gender difference why men found it so much harder uh, to just sit tight with their thoughts and he says this this suggests that uh, self-reflection it's the word he uses can be intrinsically aversive and that we have a dread of boredom You know, when I think of this, of course, you think of doing zazen, either at home or in a zendo somewhere. Uh, boredom is a, a, a common experience when doing meditation, at least intermittently, occasionally uh, being, being bored. I hear about it from, uh, in Doksan, from people. Um, but what is that? Uh, it's it's. I would I would put it a little differently, that we have a a dread of being stuck with our own thoughts. Because, thoughts, are boring. Our thoughts are boring. Now, I I don't mean, thinking in an incisive directed way where we have a problem and uh, we have to solve it that that doesn't have to be boring at all but just sitting with these dreary these ordinary repetitive obsessive thoughts washing over us running through us is boring without having the breath to focus on or the koan without having a practice that that enables us to get beyond our thoughts but thoughts themselves are pretty boring uh, Roshi Kaplow used to distinguish between thinking and thoughting thinking being something very useful potentially useful but thoughting is where we're just passively having 
these random, irrelevant, mind-wandering thoughts, and that's, uh, that's no fun. And you can you can see how this this uh, dread of boredom uh, can be can uh, be a factor in uh, these scenes that we see of uh, people partying, uh, standing close together without masks. I suppose I suppose. Seeing people with masks on um, is more boring than seeing people without masks on. You're getting a lot less interesting input with a mask, seeing people with masks on than without. But uh, the, think of uh, novelty seekers. It seems that some of us have more of a need for novelty than others and uh and the ones with more need for novelty and risk taking um, are more likely to be heedless about going to bars and beaches and parties and amusement parks so it's you could say that uh boredom um, wanting to not be bored is a significant factor in the spread of of the coronavirus. He he, he does explicitly say that that humans crave stimulation to one degree or another, and uh, quarantine prevents us from getting very much of it, and that. Teenagers are especially prone to boredom uh, because uh, they want more, more likely to be seeking sensation and novelty. Anyway, he uh, wraps up his article, his short article, by saying, let's not medicalize everyday stress. But then, if we do find ourselves uh, trying to cope with depression, uh, most of what I hear are people who report just light, intermittent uh, degrees of depression. Um, So whether it's that or whether it's boredom, uh, what can we do? Most of you who are listening, I bet you've heard all these things, but let me just go through them again. Uh, exercise. Now, granted, all of these things, or some of them, let's, let's just stick with exercise right now. Exercise is something that uh, probably a lot of people know is has been shown uh, to mitigate feelings of depression, but then, but then if you're depressed and you're feeling flat and, and, 
unmotivated to do anything, well, it's, it's hard to go out and exercise. But if you can, uh, exercise can make a difference. Um, whether it's aerobic exercise or uh, f- flexibility, f- fit forms of exercise involving f- flexibility like yoga or tai chi or qigong, one of those, or even strength training, all of these uh, can and only have a positive influence on one's mood. I'm just reporting what I've read everywhere. Um, diet. Something that to consider, not eating trashy foods, fried foods and sugary foods and all. Um, making the effort to interact with others. Here, here this too. Uh, for someone who's depressed, it's easier said than done. But if you can do it, just as with exercise, if you can do it, then that can help. Uh, To the degree that it just gets you out of the cycles in your head, it gets you out of your thoughts. So it can even be online, interacting with others, and, well, our our Zoom sittings uh, that we have most mornings and evenings, or Doksan. Getting some, some, some input, some... Something that, uh, in, in, even if just in a very slight way, changes the circuitry of the brain, even if temporarily. Interacting with others. Exercise. And by the way, uh, prostrations, uh, is, prostrations is a form of exercise and dharma practice that has been known for ages. It combines exercise and, and practice, uh, doing lots of prostrations. Of course, there's always the option of seeking psychotherapy. Uh, call it counseling, if that makes you feel better, but help with someone who's trained, and uh, which might also, you might, consider some kind of medication uh, possibly but the the possibly the simplest um, thing you can do to lighten uh, low mood is to sit not just sit now and then, but to sit on a daily basis. My understanding, I haven't had a lot of experience with depression, but my, my understanding is that there's a, there's a physiological component to a lot of, a lot of depression. That some people just are more inclined, uh, to lapse into depression. That's sort of their, uh, kind of default response to stress or to uh, loss loss in in one's circumstances of one's life Uh, so there's not a lot that can be done uh, about the physiological uh, 
causes of depression. Although, <laughs> come to think of it, there's exercise and diet and, uh, and so forth, possibly medication. But, uh, what Zazen will do is, uh, settle the thoughts that bind us to depression and to anxiety. So depression and anxiety, okay, they arise. Um, a lot of people have many years of experience with these, going in and out of these states of depression and anxiety. All right. But then it's the ruminating about one's cir- the circumstances of one's life, ruminating about oneself. This is where uh, Zazen can really help. Um, it takes that additional element out of it uh, to some degree, one degree or another. All right, then. Carry on. <laughs>